engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Good evening. Welcome. Nine after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson here on WSB. This is Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk. We're trying something somewhat unusual tonight. Uh, streaming live on YouTube. Uh, YouTube.com slash EW Erickson. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, in any event... North Korea appears to have a nuclear weapon. It is worth going back to the 1990s and playing this audio from Bill Clinton, who structured the original deal with North Korea. Before I take your questions, I'd like to say just a word about the framework with North Korea that Ambassador Gallucci signed this morning. This is a good deal for the United States. North Korea will freeze and then dismantle its nuclear program. South Korea and our other allies will be better protected. The entire world will be safer as we slow the spread of nuclear weapons. Sounds just like the Iranian deal, doesn't it? Sounds like, I'm sorry, I'm going to tweet that. Sounds like the Iranian deal, doesn't it? Yes, I suspect. I mean, listen, uh, the reason North Korea is getting nuclear weapons has nothing to do with Donald Trump and everything to do with Bill Clinton and George W. Bush and their failure to take seriously the threat from North Korea. The North Koreans have been advancing nuclear weapons all along. Everyone knew they were advancing it. And everyone, including Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, George W. Bush and Barack Obama, wanted multilateral talks. They wanted China at the table. Well, now we've gotten to the point where, guess what? It looks like North Korea has a nuclear weapon. Now, of course, today the left is rushing out blaming Donald Trump. It is Donald Trump's fault that North Korea has a nuclear weapon, according to the left. Nonsense. That is absolute nonsense. They had not suddenly discovered how to build a nuclear weapon in the last six months. They've been working on it all through the Obama administration, the Bush administration, and the Clinton administration. They have lied repeatedly. They have broken their word repeatedly. And this, by the way, is what the Iranians are doing. This is another reason why we should have never gone down the road of the Iranian deal that Barack Obama put in place. Because they're going to be next. They're going to get a nuclear weapon. They've been working with the North Koreans. It's going to happen. And now we've got an actual threat from an unstable regime. You know, we like to think that other world players, including Iran and North Korea are rational actors, and North Korea is not a rational actor. The North Koreans are a paranoid hermit state. They do not interact well with the outside world. They covet South Korea. They're still technically in a state of war with South Korea, which, guess what, doesn't have nuclear weapons. And it appears North Korea is on the verge of being able to put a nuke inside a missile. Now, the left is having a conniption fit about President Trump's statement. They're having a conniption fit about the president's words that we will essentially wipe out North Korea, that uh, direct words, there is a small chance that our horrendous leaders, oh, this is, this is from Barack, this is from Donald Trump talking about Barack Obama, be prepared. There's a small chance that our horrendous leadership could unknowingly lead us into World War III. That's him talking about Barack Obama. 
Well, now people are circulating that about Donald Trump because of his statement today about fire. We will we will rain down fire on North Korea if they keep threatening us. Not if they attack us, but if they keep threatening us. Uh, folks, I personally think that the North Koreans need to understand that uh, there's a new sheriff in town. And unlike Barack Obama, he doesn't wear mom jeans and he's not going to play around. Folks, this is a dangerous situation with an unstable, unpredictable regime. And for years now in the United States of America, for years now, the left has portrayed the right as warmongering. And the left has portrayed themselves as the only people who can bring peace on Earth. And what do we have? Nuclear proliferation with the North Koreans, thanks to the policies of the left in this country. And now we've got Donald Trump in the White House, a man who is not going to play around with the North Koreans. And he surrounded himself with generals, General Mattis, General Kelly is his chief of staff. Uh, we've got H.R. McMaster in as national security advisor. These are men who have been to war and they do not want to go to war again. But they will do what it takes to prevent the North Koreans from being able to destabilize the world. And here's what's going to happen. You know it and I know it. The North Koreans will trade with bad people, including ISIS, including Al-Qaeda. They'll sell them a nuclear weapon. North Korea would love to see a nuclear bomb go off in the United States. As long as their fingerprints aren't on it, they'll sell one to ISIS. They'll sell one to Al-Qaeda. They would. They absolutely would. Don't believe otherwise. And then they would say they didn't do it. They would deny it. That's the problem we have here with North Korea. That's why North Korea can't have nuclear weapons. There is a strain of people on the left, Barack Obama was one of them, who viewed all countries as equal. The United States was no better. The United States was in some ways worse. All countries think they're the last best hope for mankind. All countries think they're special. All countries think they're, they're divinely installed. All countries think this is what Barack Obama thinks. And as a result, all countries can have nuclear weapons and all countries will be rational and no country will actually use nuclear weapons. I don't buy that for a minute. There are some countries ruled by monsters. Monsters are real and so is evil. And we are the last best hope for mankind. We are the shining city on the hill. We are the country that has to stand up and lead the world because no one else has a moral right to lead the world. No one else is a country founded on ideas. Every other country is founded on geography. We are Americans because we chose to be Americans. We are Americans because we chose to rebel from our former masters and set up a new nation in a new way with a written constitution that sets us apart to this day from everyone else. And after World War II, the world was restructured in the face of communism and Nazism and fascism to put the United States in charge because we were founded on a democratic Republican principle that transcended all of those terrible ideologies into one that was premised on freedom and liberty in the world. That's why we were put in charge after World War II. It had, no, it had nothing to do with us being the winner. It had nothing to do with us being the strongest. It had to do with France and everyone else being wiped out because of repeated wars throughout history. And here comes the new young kid on the block who has a completely different way of doing things, who has a completely different way of seeing things, who has a completely different uh, idea of how the world should work. And it turned out our idea was better than their idea. 
And we have in the last 20, 30 years allowed into power in this country a group of people who are ashamed of that ideal. That idea that all men really are created equal. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights among these life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And instead, the left engages in what about us? What about slavery? What about women's rights? What about gay rights? What about all of these things? Well, you get to live in this country. In other countries, you get killed. We're still better than those other countries. But this naivete that we were no better or worse than anyone else has led us down a path where a madman now has a nuclear weapon and the United States is going to have to act. We will act now or we will act when an American city becomes radioactive. And it's not Donald Trump's fault. But now it's a mess that other people made and you can be sure Donald Trump is going to be the one to probably clean up the mess. And if you're on the left and you don't like that, you should think about all of the things that led us to the point where Donald Trump is president because a lot of that is on you. And you may not like it. You may not think it's fair. You may think he's a madman. You may think he's completely unstable. You may think he's not fit for office. But you, by virtue of abdicated American responsibility in the world and at home, set up the conditions by which he became president. And he will now have to clean up your mess, whether you like it or not. Twenty-six after the hour, I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number is 404-872-0750 or nationwide 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, we're doing YouTube streaming today. I have no idea why, but I just decided I would try it at youtube.com slash Erickson. You can also get me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at E.W. Erickson. And as always, if you want to sign up for the daily email I send out, you can do so by texting WSB to 444-999. That's text WSB, the letters, no spaces between them, WSB to 444-999. And you'll get back a request for email address and we will subscribe you. This North Korean situation, I've got some audio from Donald Trump with Tim Russert back in the 1990s, um, 1999 to be exact, about what he would do with North Korea. When we come back, I want to play you the audio. We don't have enough time for this clip, uh, given the size of it. I want to be I want to be able to digest this clip with you of North Korea. I also want to get in to the social justice warriors at Google. They have fired James DeMatto, De I believe his name is. DeMore, James DeMore. They fired him for daring to express his opinion in writing at Google. Now, I have read his memo at Google. They've called it anti-diversity. They've called it sexist. CNN tweeted out a headline today declaring he had been fired for saying women were not biologically cut out to be in technology. None of that is actually true. I have read his memo. I have read it from front to back. He says nothing of the sort. Tonight, I want to go through parts of his memo with you and show you this is all about the totalitarianism of the left, where right think and wrong think are the priorities. And right think, even if it's anti-science, even if it goes against reality, if it goes against everything in the world, including common sense, it's still of greater use to the left than wrong think, even if wrong think is actually correct 
When we come back, I want to break that. It's just some amazing quotes from his memo you'd never know he said based on how the media has covered this activity. But first, Donald Trump, in his own words from 1999 on what he would do about the North Koreans should they work towards a nuclear weapon. It is 39 after the hour. I just so happen to be Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. A quick check of the radar for you. South of I-20 in Atlanta, you've got rain. Um, south of I-20 and west of 75. Uh, it's headed towards McDonough, though, and Jackson. Griffin's got rain. Noonan, Peachtree City, Fayetteville, Fairburn, Palmetto, you've all got rain. On the north side of the city, heavy rain around the Canton area, uh, just south of coming. Uh, Waleska, you've got rain, and it's headed towards the south, towards Canton as well. Uh, and then you're clear on I-20 from Alabama to South Carolina right now. Uh, most of the stuff is south of the city, south of I-20 right now. Donald Trump talking to Tim Russert back in 1999. This is what he said about North Korea then. North Korea. And you say that you, as president, would be willing to launch a preemptive strike against North Korea's nuclear capability. First, I'd negotiate. I would negotiate like crazy, and I'd make sure that we tried to get the best deal possible. But look, Tim, if a man walks up to you in a street in Washington, because this doesn't happen, of course, in New York, but if a man walks up and puts a gun to your head and says, give me your money, wouldn't you rather know where he's coming from before he had the gun in his hand? And these people, in three or four years, are going to be having nuclear weapons. They're going to have those weapons pointed all over the world and specifically at the United States. And wouldn't you be better off solving this really potentially unbelievable, and the biggest problem, I mean, we can talk about the economy, we can talk about social security. The biggest problem this world has is nuclear proliferation. And we have a country out there in North Korea, which is sort of wacko, which is not a, dumb, not a bunch of dummies, and they are going out and they are developing nuclear weapons. And they're not doing it because they're having fun doing it, they're doing it for a reason. And wouldn't it be good to sit down and really negotiate something, and ideally negotiate? Now, if that negotiation doesn't work, you better solve the problem now than solve it later, Tim. And you know it, and every politician knows it, and nobody wants to talk about it. Jimmy Carter, who I really like, and he went over there, it was so soft. These people are laughing at us. The former general of the Air Force, Merrill McPeak, the former Secretary of Defense, Les Aspen, said you could not launch a preemptive strike against North Korea because the nuclear fallout could be devastating to the Asian Peninsula. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about us using nuclear weapons. I'm saying that they have areas where they're developing missiles. No, but taking out their nuclear do you know that this country would create Tim, a fallout. Tim, do you know that this country went out and gave them nuclear reactors free fuel for 10 years. We, we virtually tried to bribe them into stopping and they're continuing to do what they're doing and they're laughing at us. They think we're a bunch of dummies. I'm saying that we have to do something to stop. But if the military Ideally, told you, Mr. Trump, we can't do you this. You give me two names. You're giving me two names. I don't know. Do you want to do it in five years when they have warheads all over the place, every one of them pointing to New York City, to Washington and every one of our... Is that when you want to do it or do you want to do something now? You know, he raises a good point in that clip, and, and I get what Tim Russert is saying. If we were to drop bombs on North Korea where they have nuclear material, we could cause a fallout problem on the Korean Peninsula. We could. But I think President Trump, back in 1999, had a stronger point. Do we wait for them to actually get the missiles and then we have to strike, or do we do it now? 
yeah, there may be some fallout. Then maybe there's won't be fallout. It depends on the wind to some degree. But we're going to have to deal with the situation now. We have put this off and put this off and put this off and put our head in the sand and convinced ourselves it wouldn't happen, and the day is here. And incidentally, it's happening on the week, the 72nd anniversary of dropping the bomb on Hiroshima. It's happening the week. This news is coming out the week of the anniversary that we dropped the bomb on Japan. By the way, keep in mind, June 29th, H.R. Uh, McMaster said that a military option for North Korea was being prepared for the president to review. Let's go to the phones now, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, up first, Mitch in Monroe, welcome. Hey, Eric, how you doing, buddy? Good, how are you? I'm very good. Eric, I, I, I want to echo in agreement with everything that you've been talking about with the possibility of, of a North Korean nuclear strike on the United States because they're capable of of selling it, of, of, of at some point in time launching it. All those things will be true. Now, one thing I want to be sure that, that everybody knows what, what Mick Shiver believes in, and that is that if this happens, it will be because God allowed it to happen. But I can say one thing, if you spend any time, when you look at the west coast of the United States, you look at Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, Los Angeles, if you watch the news, if you spend any time there, those are liberal bastions to where in so many cases, not all cases, but in so many cases, anything goes. Uh, that's, that, that's just the way they have chosen to, to have their cities and to live that way, and more power to them. But I can tell you, if there is a strike and it hits anyone around of those places, you will have, in my opinion, a 1,000% unified response from the United States. Because Amen. we as conservatives don't care. When you attack the United States, when you attack one of us, you attack all of us. Absolutely. I Listen, I agree with you. i got to let you go there because we got to get Kim from Johns Creek. Kim, welcome. Hey, that clip of uh, Trump with Tim Russert, God rest his soul, uh, was was perfect and i'm hoping that you can kind of provide a little more of the history of because didn't one president go over there and make a deal and say look we'll let we're going to let you keep some of your nuclear technology so you can make power yes. you know, electrical power for your people to help them but don't you got to make a promise to be bad good girls and boys and not do bad things like make nuclear yeah, that, that was bill clinton back in the 1990s That's that's what I thought. And, and so basically, and because I, I remember when that happened and people were saying, you know, these guys aren't going to just do electrical power. They're going to make a bomb. I, and that's what they've done. Right. Well, yeah. And, you know, let me play this clip again real quick. Kim, this is Bill Clinton from the 1990s uh, announcing the North Korean deal where they would get to keep some of their nuclear technology in exchange for not building nukes. Before I take your questions, I'd like to say just a word about the framework with North Korea that Ambassador Gallucci signed this morning. This is a good deal for the United States. North Korea will freeze and then dismantle its nuclear program. South Korea and our other allies will be better protected. The entire world will be safer as we slow the spread of nuclear weapons. That was Bill Clinton then, and now the North Koreans have nukes. Fifty-five after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson here in Atlanta, Georgia, with the evening news on WSB. 
filled in for Herman Cain this morning as well. People have been texting me and tweeting and stuff and said, is this the part of the show that that uh, you did this morning that I didn't get to hear? No, I'm actually live right now at, at, at 5.55 and 51 seconds. Uh, that's your clue that I'm actually live and reading the radar. This isn't pretend. It's not pre-recorded. It's actually me live. You know, in yesterday's show, I mentioned the UGA professor who was going to allow students to pick their own grade. Essentially, he was going to give the students a grade. This is the way he wanted it to work. He would give them a grade, and if they didn't like the grade, they could email him back, and he would change it to what they wanted, no questions asked. And <laughs> this morning, the University of Georgia actually emailed WSB and, and asked if I would please clarify that this was not going to happen. Uh, and then they released a public statement. It got so much national attention as well. They released a big national statement saying that uh, this fell short of the standards of the Terry School of Business and the professor will not be doing this. They have advised the professor that this is unacceptable for the Terry School of Business. The, the North Avenue trade school kids are still laughing, pointing fingers at the, at the UGA kids. <laughs> Oh, my goodness gracious. When we come back, I want to get change gears from North Korea. We'll still take your phone calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. But, 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 when we come back, I want to talk about Google and the social justice warrior nut jobs who have had James Damore fired today. Breaking news out of the gate right now. Um, the Dow Jones and Reuters both citing state-run media North Korea publicly saying on state-run media it is considering a strike on Guam, testing its nuclear weapons on Guam. Well, hey, they want to escalate the situation. I actually don't really believe that that's i mean I, I listen they're not rational actors but i think they're smart enough to realize we actually could wipe them off the map and china won't help uh china yeah. <laughs> charlie just sent me a note down the line i mean they, they could cause guam to tip over i mean we should consult hank johnson on this um <laughs> they could have a secret plan to tip over Guam, then we're just misreading the signals. I look, I want to move on for a little bit. We'll take phone calls though. 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk. I'm also live streaming on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash EW Erickson. Uh, and they've actually got a live chat thing. So in commercial break, I can actually engage with the people on YouTube, which is kind of cool. But it, I, I want to talk about this Google situation and the James Damore memo. Let me read you some of this because you would never know this from the media. These are actual quotes from his memo. I strongly believe in gender and racial diversity, and I think we should strive for more. Women, on average, show a higher interest in people and men in things. Women, on average, are more cooperative. Women, on average, look for more work-life balance, while men have a higher drive for status, on average. 
The male gender role is currently inflexible. Feminism has made great progress in freeing women from the female gender role, but men are still very much tied to the male gender role. If we, as a society, allow men to be more feminine, then the gender gap will shrink, although probably because men will take will leave tech and leadership for traditionally feminine roles. Those are all quotes from James Damore. He's got a PhD from Harvard. He's a Google engineer. He's a scientist. He quoted actual studies. In fact, he, he laid out biases of conservatives, that, that these are the things conservatives have a hard time dealing with, but he also laid out things liberals have a hard time dealing with. But according to the tech site Gizmodo, uh, what Demore wrote was an anti-diversity screed. Let me again read you the opening of his memo. I strongly believe in gender and racial diversity, and I think we should strive for more. But it was an anti-diversity screed. Recode referred to it as sexist, and the tech site Mashable decided to attack anyone who defended James Demore as being part of the alt-right. And, you know, he did say that women, for example suffer from neuroticism more than men but it wasn't what you what he said actually wasn't how the way the press reported it the press accused him of being sexist by accusing women of being more neurotic he was actually using the scientific terminology for what it means to be suffer from higher anxiety and have lower stress tolerances in work-life situations that's actually what neuroticism is and study after study after study in sociology and psychology shows that women do suffer from neuroticism more than men they have higher stress levels in these work high stress work situations they have higher anxiety I mean he didn't pull any of this stuff out of thin air he actually quoted scientific studies he actually quoted highly regarded studies on gender differences he quoted all of these things in his memo things that the left on their own takes at face value these individual studies but he dared to put it in a memo suggesting to Google that it try to expand diversity not through affirmative action but through different means let me delve further into this. So Demore made it clear in his memo he wanted to increase diversity at Google, but he wanted Google to consider other ways to do it. Let me read you another quote. Women, according to Demore, women generally... Now I lost my place in the memo. Where is this? Da -da 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 -da. Women generally have a stronger interest in people rather than things. So Google could make software engineering more people-oriented with pair programming and more collaboration. But he also said that it is true, generally women have a harder time negotiating for higher salaries, but that is stereotyping women generally. Some women are actually okay with it, and there are also some men who are not comfortable asking for a higher salary. I'm one of them. I don't I don't want to I don't want to deal with salary. I just assume that my employer is going to pay me what I want and I hate having to ask for more. I I've had to do it, but I hate doing it. I am one of those people who just I would rather you just go on and, and, and not let's not make it a negotiation. It's like buying a car. I hate it. I don't want to have to negotiate. Uh, I I know I'm worth something and you should just 
pay me that I just oh I hate these negotiations and and his point is that there are men and women alike who have this problem and instead of having a women's only class in how to negotiate salaries there are easy sociological testings you can do to figure out who the men are who have the problem as well and make it gender inclusive but all of this was lost on the political left According to the political left, this was an anti-diversity screed uh, that he doesn't think women are biologically cut out for technology. He didn't say any of that. In fact, he acknowledged that women actually have core competencies in areas of technology that men don't have. If you actually read the memo, he said that. But among software programmers, women are more collaborative, and the Google workforce situation is where they dissuade collaboration on software development. You know, Eric Schmidt, who was the, at one time the head of Google, he's still one of the leaders of Google, was asked about people disagreeing with him intellectually, uh, conservative disagreements with some of his philosophies. He actually said that people who disagree with him do so from an anti-science position, that science supports him. The head of diversity at Google is named Danielle Brown. She worked for Hillary Clinton. She released a statement making clear that she was offended by James Damore's statements. But, she said, part of building an open, inclusive environment means fostering a culture in which those with alternative views, including different political views, feel safe sharing their opinions. They fired him for sharing his opinion that differed the CEO of Google said he had crossed the line by advancing harmful gender stereotypes in our workplace. And you know, the irony here is that his entire memo, if you read it, it's 10 pages. If you read his memo, he points out again and again that Google is taking policies, implementing policies that are based on stereotypes of gender and not actual research. And he provided the research. And it turns out a lot of the research out there disrupts the stereotypes of gender. And in some cases shows that men and women share the same problems or there are classes of men and women who share the same problem. And instead of having black only classes or women only classes or Asian only classes or Hispanic only classes as, as Google was doing, they could be much more inclusive. James Damore's entire point is that they need more diversity at Google, but they are prioritizing skin color diversity over intellectual diversity, and the way that they're prioritizing skin color diversity is not actually bringing in the best employees necessarily. It's actually checking the box, saying, oh, we've got this many black people, this many women, we should be good, but they're not actually restructuring the workplace to make it welcoming to women who actually want to work there. That was his entire point in his memo. And instead, the social justice warriors have assailed this guy, calling him sexist, homophobic, misogynist, you name it. The man repeatedly in his memo says they need greater diversity at Google and is just pointing out that based on the research out there, based on the sociological and psychological and scientific research out there, Google is not fostering a climate of diversity, but there are ways they could do it to incentivize diversity. You would never know that the way the media reported this. The group think on the left and in the media. They are much more interested in this. This guy committed the act of wrong think. He dared to say things that the left believes to be not true, even though all the data suggests it is. He dared to say it publicly and he had to be fired. Now think about this. Think about this one thing. The employees at Google drove from Google an employee who values diversity because he dared to suggest there was a better way to achieve it than affirmative action. 
a fairer way to achieve it and a way to achieve it where there were longer lasting results where they didn't hire women who left after a year but actually stayed and made Google a career. They fired him for that. Now, these are the people who are in charge of the algorithm to go find stuff on the internet. How easy would it be for these people to alter the algorithm, to send any conservative thought, any Christian thought, any thought they disagreed with into an internet silo somewhere where you could never find it? Oh, it would be very easy for them to do, and I bet they're already doing it. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven five zero one eight hundred WSB Talk. Them's the phone number. It is twenty seven after the hour. I suppose for all of us in the Atlanta area, it would be a good thing if I checked the radar. Everything started to fizzle out. Uh, inside the perimeter south of I twenty, you got some rain. Um, between seventy five and eighty five on the south side, you got some rain. Uh, south of Sonoya, it gets heavier. North of the city, the Woodstock, Holly Springs, Canton area has a little bit of rain. Otherwise, you're good. It's not like it was this morning. Disney has decided to stop letting Netflix run its movies. Effective 2019. They're still going to be able to run Marvel TV shows off ABC and whatnot, but the, the Marvel superhero movies, nope. The Pixar movies, nope. The Disney movies, nope. Not going to do it because Disney wants its own service. Y'all, I hope Disney fails at this. They also want to do an ESPN service. And I don't wish Disney ill. I don't own stock in Disney. Um, but And I don't wish them ill. But this is just dumb. How many services can people pay for? You got to pay for HBO to if you want to watch Game of Thrones and the HBO stuff. You got to pay for Netflix to watch the Netflix stuff. Now you're going to have to pay the Disney stuff. You got to pay the Hulu stuff. You got to pay the Amazon stuff. People can't afford all of these streaming services. They just can't. You're going to exile all the Disney movies to a to a Disney ghetto and expect everybody to pay for them. I don't think people are going to do that. I don't think you're going to find as many people willing to do it. It is a business decision. God bless them for trying it. I hope they fail. I really do, because I am not buying another stinking streaming service in my house. I have enough already, and I'm not going to do one for Disney. I'm just not. Let Netflix keep all the Marvel TV series, though, please. It is 39 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is WSB. Let's go back to North Korea for a few minutes. Here is the reality of the situation with North Korea. They may have nuclear weapons, but we could wipe them off the face of the map in 15 minutes. That, according to General McInerney, retired Air Force general, uh, and others agree with him, North Korea technically has one of the largest armies if not the largest army in the world basically every every man in north korea every boy in north korea is considered a part of the army uh the state's resources go to them but they're all still malnourished this is not a strong force they they are brainwashed they're cult-like but a lot of it is bluster you know a lot of it for the very longest time 
uh, so much of the communist world has been built up with the sympathetic Western allies and media uh, to be much stronger than it is. Even China's military is overrated in its technical abilities, in its technical capabilities. Uh, North Korea is as well. Russia for the longest time was. The Soviet Union was. Venezuela was. Cuba is. Uh, all of these countries built up by Western press who wants to believe the worst about America and the best about its enemies. The North Korean regime is not that strong. The North Korean regime does not have great technical capabilities. They, they just have large numbers. It's like ants to a degree, but even the ants have a, have a bigger sting than the North Koreans. A lot of it is bluster. That's why they've been going after nuclear weapons for so long. We, nuclear weapons transform the threat from North Korea. And it's a threat that probably can't be contained, uh, just given the the nature of the North Korean regime. Let's go back to the phones. Sean and Buford, you're next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people forget that it was Jimmy Carter, you know, uh, um, who went over there. He, I guess he was feeling this need to show that he was still relevant. He went over there. He negotiated that $40 billion in exchange for them to shut down their program. And people forget, they were in the middle of one of the worst famines North Korea was. Millions of people died. The, the, there was rumblings that the army was going to have a coup and take over because things were so bad. So just when things were really bad, there was a chance of a change in the regime and an end to this nuclear ab ambition. Jimmy Carter goes over there, says, if you promise to, to dismantle the nuclear program, we'll give you $40 billion, which we did. And they said, from what I remember years ago, that Bill Clinton, even Bill Clinton, was so flabbergasted that uh, Jimmy Carter was so naive as to negotiate this deal, but he had to go along because Jimmy Carter was being, um, you know... Sean, you, you know, it's, it's so funny that you say this because I know several members of Bill Clinton's team who were involved in that. And to yeah. a man, they have a burning hatred of Jimmy Carter because of it. And to and a gets, man, before they left the White House, they were saying this day would come and it would be blamed on Bill Clinton and it would really be Jimmy Carter's fault because yep. he completely undermined the American negotiating position. But he gets a free pass. You know, nobody mentions that about Jimmy Carter at all in the press. Yep. But, and, and by yeah. the way, where did Jimmy Carter go from North Korea? He went to Haiti when we were on the verge of invading Haiti, and the government there virtually used him as a as a human shield to prevent us from going in and secure and, and taking Americans uh, out of the country. Uh, if he just stuck to building habitat for humanity houses, maybe all this would have been averted. We yeah, maybe know. so. There is a reason that he's history's greatest monster, and it has a lot more to do with argyle sweaters and killer rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks well, very much for the phone call, Sean. Right. Yeah, absolutely. History's greatest monster. That, that's a Simpsons reference, if you don't know. They call him history's greatest monster on The Simpsons, and I agree with them. It, you know, we're going to have to do something. And I'm just going to come full circle, and I'm going to reiterate a point I made in the first hour. For all of you who are of the left right now freaking out that Donald Trump is president of the United States, you enabled it. The Russians didn't steal this election. You enabled it. You enabled it by things like what's happening at Google right now. You enabled it by showing great contempt to blue-collar workers without college degrees. 
You enabled it by enabling an opioid crisis and refusing to deal with it. You enabled it by propping up a healthcare regime in this country where you can't even criticize it because you're attacked and driven from your job if you dare to criticize Obamacare. Donald Trump became president because of these things. And Donald Trump is the president. He is your president. He is my president. He is the president. And it is his job now to deal with the situation. So you might as well put him on your prayer list, whether you like him or not, because he's going to have to deal with it. This is a terrible situation. It is a situation that has festered for years, and it is now coming to a head. And he gets to be the president to deal with it, whether you like it or not. So all of you who are upset with it, all of you who are angry with him, all of you who don't like him, you better pray for him because now is his time. This is going to define his presidency, I suspect. So you better, well, hope that he has the best advice and is surrounded by the best advisors because this is not going to be a good situation for a while. It is 54 after the hour. No, I'm not going to do self-promotion or anything like that. I'm going to go back to the University of Georgia story at Campus Reform. Because I see these things so much. UGA, they emailed WSB this morning and asked if we would kindly let people know that the professor was not going to allow, this is Richard Watson, the professor, was not going to allow his stress reduction policy to go forward where students could could put in their own, um, students could change their grade if they thought it was unfair. And the university spokesman has come out and says that that all faculty employ a grading system based on transparent, predefined coursework. This was unacceptable. The professor was told this. But you see, here's the thing. I'm willing to bet you if they didn't get national exposure, this would have gone through. And not because the professor didn't tell anyone or no one knew, but because the university uh, would have allowed it, tacitly allowed it. The, The university has plausible deniability here. The university can now say, well, we, we never actually knew, but I just, I don't buy it. I really don't. Now, it has been taken out of the syllabus, but it has it been taken out of the syllabus and there's still a wink, wink, nod, nod that you, you can still do this, that, that we're not going to say anything about it, but you can still do this. And what professor in his right mind thinks this is a good idea? I don't know anything about this professor. I I, I don't. Uh, Richard Watson. Let's see here. Uh, Richard Watson, Terry School of Business. Uh, I wonder what comes up on this. Yep, here we go. Um, he's, a, he's an older guy, too. The Rex Fuqua Distinguished Chair for Internet Strategy. Is that him? Uh, University of Western Australia. I mean, the guy, see, he's an older guy. He's an older guy. I mean, he's been around the block. This isn't like this is some new, fresh out of out of the PhD program professor here. That's just, the, the whole thing is absurd. That, that a professor would think this is a good idea to begin with. The, the whole thing is ridiculous. 
is what we have to deal with in this day and age. I know I have millennials who listen to this program. Thankfully, I've got a lot of millennials who listen to this program who admit how insufferable so many millennials are. But in this day and age, I mean, this whole social justice warrior nut job millennial nonsense just drives me insane. It does. It just makes me angry that these are the people we will one day hand our country over to. God help the generation after them. Tomorrow, well, we're not going to talk about this. 